It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. A 
God's grace gift that I can share this episode one with the world. My take on the environment, I'm living in my vision and my purpose is to heal with universes over time. It's ending, but I search is the beginning of a work to make a brighter day with more peace and love. For my people say one, more peace and love. For my people say one, 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 love, one, light, one, heart, one, mind, one, episode, one, next, one, energy, one, blend. It's like the first time you fell in love, like the first time you wrote a rhyme, first speech you ever made, first life you ever changed, first breath you ever took, it's like my first kiss. Hey, hey, hey. All right. I think I'm live. What's going on, party people? Welcome to another episode of Circle Sisters Podcast. I am your host, Kay Boogie, Keisha Shantae, and uh, thank you for listening. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? How y'all doing? So, let's see. Today is the last day of July. We are officially in Leo season. All right. Thank you. I'm loud and clear. Um, We are officially in Leo season. This is the last day of July. Tomorrow is the first. It is already August. That's crazy. Crazy talk. It's already August, y'all. Um, This year has been speeding by. It's been a good year, though. Hopefully it's been a good year for you. Um, Despite all the just chaos and confusion, your boy Donald Trump out there wilding out in the White House, just kind of doing whatever the hell he want to (laughs) do. You can't do nothing but laugh about it because it's just, it's bananas. It's completely, completely bananas. Um the just chaos and confusion that that man is causing um, as far as America is concerned. And yet, you know, we know that it's all in the plan. So as as bananas as it is, you know, the banks are steadily, steadily, steadily getting richer. His legacy is steadily, steadily, steadily getting wealthier. And everyone who is invested, um, everyone who's team Trump, it's definitely winning right now, and, and everybody else is trying to figure out what the hell is going on. But um, despite that, and despite all the other chaos and confusion that's going on in the world, we are definitely, um, if you're listening to this show, count your blessings, because you are definitely in a seat of privilege to be able to be on the Internet, or on your celly, and, um, you know, having the, the leisure and the uh the the um the leisure and the privilege dare i say of of being able to not have to you know scrape and and, and shuffle and and beg and plead for your means so consider yourself of the chosen class uh however that makes you feel we should talk about that too we got to talk about charity we should also talk about privilege and being chosen because you know it definitely levels to to that statement however um we are the elite of the world so you know what we're going to do with that privilege is up to us and so i'm moving forward i'm moving forward with it um circle sisters the second on wednesday august 2nd we will be celebrating la mas l-a-m-m-a-s 
uh, is a Wiccan, uh, if, uh, if known to be a Wiccan holiday. Um, it's it's a Sabbath. It's definitely a Sabbath. And so what happens is the uh, the wheel of the year, the circle of the year, um, the 360 plus 5 circle of the year is divided um, into different regions, different um is divided up into different compartments. I guess seasons is another word for it. And so we are officially going into getting ready and prepared to go into a new season. We are on our descent. We are on our descent. The sun has reached its apex. Um, that happened on the 20th, the 21st, the 22nd. And so now we are on our decline and we are headed back into winter. And so Lamas is the mark of um, basically the mid mid to the last part of summer. Um, and so I'm going to read something to you. This is coming out of We Moon, uh, Stardust Calendar for Women. And this calendar is very helpful. Um, it tells you the different cycles of the moon. It tells you um, favorable angles and, and unfavorable um my mind is drawing a blank right now as far as the astrology terminology. I'm not an astrologer. Y'all know Sister Wajet is the astrologer in the crew. Um, I know enough to, to do what I need to do. <laughs> and when I run out of, you know, what I know, I hit her up or I'll contact someone who knows a little bit more. Um, the Sky Priestess is another very knowledgeable sister. Um, she's on Facebook, the Sky Priestess. Um, she has really, really, really good information if you're interested in astrology. But anywho, my specialty is more so on the earth and water and, and air and fire. So Lamas. At Lamas, we appreciate the fruits of our labor. We stop and honor all we have created, nurtured, and protected. This holy day is time to be aware of the power of food in our lives. Feed one another in ritual. Give each other drink in small chalices. Say the words, may you never be hungry, may you never thirst. And look deep into each other's eyes. Look deep enough to know that there is more we hunger for than food. Lamas is also about the potential loss of all we have worked for. After the planting, tending, and protecting, our plants and plans, and we, are large and full and near harvest, and everything could be lost in an instant. The locusts come as flood or drought or illness or accident. We turn to old gestures of protection inherited from our foremothers. We may make a corn doll or hide seeds in the folds of her dress to be held by the goddess through time. These may be literal seeds of herbs, vegetables, flowers, or the seeds of ideas, dreams, hopes, desires for healing. We get to feel our original earth-based natures as we unearth old rituals for protection from the hard times. These times are now upon us. May we be strong and resilient for what is to come. Lamas is the built-in moment, the true north of your inner compass for following what is right for you. Lamas is about gratitude, a true and deep emotion that can well up inside of us when faced with the absolute magic of harvest, of gathering in our true heart work. 
and that was written by Kim Duckett. Um, so yeah, so like I say, we're getting ready to go into well to the harvest season. Um, and the harvest season comes typically at the end of the planting season, and so you know we're just we're getting ready to shift gears, and this is just one of those markers. So that will be August second. We're going camping this weekend. We will be uh, we will be out Austin Way, but first we will be attending. Houston African American Bloggers Association 2017 Bloggers Boot Camp. And on the line tonight, we have the chief organizer of hashtag HAAB 2017, Sister Vernetta Freeney. She is going to come on the line and let us know all about this wonderful organization. I'm a member of this organization. Um, I'm new to it. I'm relatively new, but the the short amount of time I've been there, I've I've benefited um from I've just benefited. Put it like that. <laughs> so, um I recommend it. I highly recommend it if you're a blogger or if you're a podcaster um that you join and if you're not quite ready to join because it is a commitment and you are going to, you know, contribute to membership, then just check out the website www.houstonafricanamericanbloggers.com and just see what they have to offer. There's a blog on there and you can see some of the posts by some of the members of that organization. So that's just going to be on in just a few minutes. And then um more announcements we this weekend we did go to um Hope for Houston in Fifth Ward, Texas, uh put on by Hope for Houston organization. And y'all y'all if you were if you did not come, if you didn't come and you didn't shake my hand, I didn't see you, you really, really, really missed out. The brothers and sisters of Hope for Houston did an exceptional job. I wasn't surprised. I expected them to do exactly what they did. However, it was definitely a pleasurable experience. My daughter had a ball. All the kids, just it was like a free day for them. They got to run around. They were playing basketball. The girls were doing their dances. They had um, the water slide. They had prizes. They had special treats. Kids got to eat for free. Um, you know, they had all the men were out, you know, and, 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 and definitely that was just spectacular. <laughs> all the men were out and making sure, you know, the boys was, was making good choices, making sure the girls felt protected and got to see men doing what they supposed to do. And it's sad that I have to, you know, make this make this uh, uh, um, a special to, to, to even mention this. But it is what it is. Like, y'all know our issues. And if you don't know the issues in the black community, in certain sects of the black community, then you know um, that there are certain demographics that, you know, the men um, are reluctant to step up to the capacity that the women are asking them to do so. But that was not the case this Saturday. This Saturday, nobody had to ask them to do anything. They were running it and and running it very well and very smoothly. And the sisters also did a fantastic job. And the vendors sold what we had. They had backpacks. They were giving um, vision screenings, health screenings. Um, They had your Black Wall Street crew out selling their their T-shirts and their um, their clothing. You had another sister who had the cutest baby designer clothes. Um, who else? You had me selling my tea infusions. Um, they they definitely enjoyed that, so that was cool. And um, 
and yeah, it was a good look. So shout out to them. If you want more information about that event, just check out my blog, www.circlesisters13.com. I have that information on there. And we had we had a couple special guests. One of those guests was, was Rick Ross. Rick Ross was in the building. Not Rick Ross. Not not the second Rick. Not Rick Ross number two, but Rick Ross number one. Uh, Freeway Rick Ross was there promoting his book and just, you know, just reaching out and, and shaking hands and letting people know that, you know, he he made some, some poor choices. Um, with what he had available to him as a youth, and now that he's served his time and he has, you know, gotten a better understanding of what it actually takes for community, um, he's turned over a new leaf, and now he is a motivational speaker. And he actually mentioned that he was doing classes at the shrine. So I don't. Rick Ross must be living in Houston. I don't. I don't know, y'all. <laughs> I don't know if he's relocated or what's really good, but he said he was doing classes out the shrine. So y'all hit them, you know, hit, hit up the shrine if you're interested in more information about that. Um, yeah. And uh, one more announcement. Um, August 20th, that's coming up in the next couple weeks, Circle Sisters podcast plus um, um, the Fourth War Community Center plus Sister Priscilla Graham of Graham Photography and Publishing. We have teamed up, and we are um, we are supplying school supplies for the community center. So as of now, we just got a confirmation that we have backpacks. We just need items to put in the backpacks. So we have a couple people who are donating, but we could always use more. So if you are interested, please hit me up, 713 713- or you can send me, you could, you know, um, send me a message on Facebook, Circle Sister 13. You can send me a message on Instagram, Circle Sister 13. You can send me a message on my website, Circle Sister 13. They are all the same, Circle Sisters with the S. 13. Just let me know if you're interested. We could definitely use the help. And we have a special guest that's going to show up. And I don't, I can't announce his name just yet, but we have a, a um a very very special guest who I will give you a hint. He has done things in the past in Fourth War, and he has confirmed. But I need to know exactly what level of commitment he is going to contribute before I you know let y'all know. But just know that you might have your photo op um, when you show up with your with your special gifts. So August 20th, August 20th, August 20th, okay? All right. Is that all I have to say? Oh, and last but not least, after the call, we will be doing the book study after um, after we have our interview. We're going to take a song break, and then we're going to start our book study. And I'm going to do a little bit of reading tonight. I'm in the mood. So we're going to knock out some of this information about the life story of Enheduana, Enheduana, um, who was a Sumerian high priestess. So uh, a poet, a poetess, one of the first poetess um, ever recorded in history. So we are going to be reading some of her, some of her works. So I think my call is on the line. When we come off of uh, this this song, 
then we will be talking to Sister Vernetta.
I heard was I'm gonna have to stop. <laughs> as much as I love playing, um, as much as I love playing these songs, I'm going to have to stop because I don't have clearance for these songs. I don't own the right, and so it's like if I wanted to post this on YouTube, um, or or another another forum, uh, I might get tapped on the hand because I don't own the rights. And so, um, but I'm learning these type of things. I didn't know this. I'm learning these type of things because I am a part of Houston African American Bloggers Association, and we talk about things like this. And so we have Miss Vernetta on the phone. Am I pronouncing your name right, sis? Yes, Vernetta. Okay, because I, I see it in print. I just want to make sure. So, y'all, this is Sister Vanetta on the phone. She is the chief organizer of Houston African American Bloggers Association. The 2017 Bloggers Boot Camp is coming up this Saturday. Unfortunately for you, it is all sold out. However, you could always go to the website, HoustonAfricanAmericanBloggers.com, and we will have lots of recaps on there. So it'll it'll be like you were almost there, almost, maybe next year. Yeah, and so, they can follow on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're lost. Well, sis, can you tell me about about Hab, and then can you tell me about the boot camp? Well, better. I'm sorry. Tell us about yourself first. Who are you? Okay. Well, my name is Vernetta. Um, I go by Vernetta R. Freeney. Uh, I know it bothers some people that I put my middle initial, but hey, it's there. <laughs> Um, I started blogging in 2009 when it was Blogspot. So you, if you know what Blogspot is, you know you've been blogging a while. Um, mm-hmm. And I started as a way to just vent. Um, at the time, I was a public school teacher, and it was just my outlet to vent about the things that were happening um, every day. And then I started, so that first blog was called Praying for Purpose. The second blog I started, um, Women Are Game Changers, that's the blog a lot of people know me by. And so that blog was started in 2011, and within six weeks of starting that blog, I started getting paid. So I Mm. have been blogging and getting paid from blogging for a very long time. Um, But who I am, I am the biggest Dallas Mavericks fan, even though I live in (laughs) You know, Houston, I will root for my Dallas Mavericks. Um, I love chocolate. I love brownies. I love to laugh. I love spending time with my nephews. I'm a snarky type of personality. But at the same time, I'm loving. I can be sweet. I'm generous. But I'm going to be very honest, direct, and transparent with people. So that's who I am. But I've been on this blogging journey for a very long time. Um, A little bit about the group, the Houston African American Bloggers Association. So we say HAB because nobody likes to say the name forever. (laughs) It's too many words in the name. So HAB, um, it started as a Facebook group by someone else, actually. And I approached the person who started it in 2014 um, in August and asked, you know, what were you doing with the group? Nothing really happened. About November 2014, I sat with the founder and someone else, and I was like, are we going to get this started? And they were on board, and by April of 2015, it was kind of just me (laughs) trying to figure out what to do with something I did not start. 
and then Charlotte, the co-organizer, came on board um, to help out, and we were like, we're going to figure this out. Um, and so we've been working ever since <laughs> to create a, a collective, a tribe, a community where African-American voices can come, can vent, can network, can learn, can grow, can ask questions, get answers, can teach each other, get opportunities, know what's happening, and understand more about the blogging industry because it is an industry. There are a lot of people getting paid from it, and why can't we? Why can't African-American voices get paid from content that they create? Most people hear blogger in the name, and they think it's just written bloggers. We have everything. I mean, Keisha's in the group, and she's a podcaster. We have podcasters. We have people with YouTube channels. We have people who do live stream. We have bloggers. If you are a content creator, like you create content that other people consume, written, audio, or visual, you are eligible to be in the group. You also have to be African-American or of African descent, and live in Houston. <laughs> you know, uh, we we make it that easy, that simple to get into um, the group. So essentially, HAB is just a collective of micro-influencers, people who create content that other people consume, and they're shifting people's mindsets on whatever topic or niche that they're in. And I think your other question was on the boot camp. Right? Right, right, right. Okay. So the boot camp um, was actually supposed to be just members only. That's how we started it in 2015. So this is actually our, actually our third year doing the boot camp. So the first year, it was just for members. Um, last year, people who weren't in the group wanted to um, attend, and unfortunately, I had um, – a family emergency where I was not in Houston for a few months, so we ended up just doing it online. Um, and so we opened it up. Anyone At that time, anyone from all over the country could, could come. And so we did that online. It turned out, it turned out well, um, but I'm an overachiever and um, have high expectations. So this year I was like, we're going to do it, and we're going to do it very well, and um, we sold out. And we did not give yeah. a ticket away. I'm very proud of that. I'm like, we worked really hard to sell every ticket, <laughs> to sell every ticket. But um, we have a great lineup. You can always go to our site, HoustonAfricanAmericanBloggers.com, to learn more about each of our speakers. But every one of our speakers were handpicked by us because they're all influencers in their niche in this city. So we chose local influencers, we chose people who were at the top of their game, and we chose people that you can learn from. Because if they're at the top, why not learn from the best? Yeah, I I totally agree. And um, gosh, so it's a lot of very powerful, um, not just women, men are also in the group. However, this show focuses specifically on women, so that's who I tend to focus on. Um, it's definitely some very powerful women. Just from the aspect of, like you said, you know, you, you joined the group. It, it really wasn't doing what you needed from it, so you just took the initiative and 
you know, put the call out, and here we are. And that is that's very inspiring. And so I'm curious, um, how, like, honestly, how difficult has it been to get to this point, as far as organization uh, goes, as far as organizing the group? How, how, has, uh, has it really been difficult? Or have it been pretty moderately. <laughs> Your laugh says it all. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's been challenging um, because Houston has a lot of blog groups, and we are the first group to. Um, institute dues. Most of the other blog groups are still free. Um, we chose to implement dues because we wanted serious-minded people because we are going after paid opportunities, after opportunities where you will meet high connections. Like, you know, some of us got to meet Damon John last Thursday. Some of the group members got to meet um, um, Dre, Julio, and Tommy from the the TV show Power. Power. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, if I'm getting these opportunities for people, I need them to be a little bit serious. And, you know, when you put money down, you're going to take your platform, you're going to take things a little bit more um, serious. You're not just there because, you know, you want to be next to celebrities or you want into private events. Like, you're going to put forth some effort because you're like, oh, you know what, I can get paid. A lot of people who are in the group are getting paid now from things they've been doing, but because of the group, they were like, you know what, I can push myself a little bit harder. And guess what, they're now getting paid for doing the exact same thing they were doing before they joined. They just learned how to get paid. All right, y'all. So, did you hear that? You got to pay your dues, but that the benefits of membership, the benefits of membership. So this conference that's coming up Saturday, I imagine it's going to have more information about ways to monetize our blogs. What other type of things um, or subjects, topics will we look forward, are we looking forward to? So our keynote speaker, Tristan, is going to um, – the reason I – felt he would be a good keynote is because, you know, I people laugh, but I say he was just an insurance man a few years ago. Like, people knew really? him because he owns an insurance company. Over the last few years, he and his wife have built these personal brands that are way more powerful, way more influential than the insurance company that they own. Um, People know them on social media. They now have a radio show every Wednesday where they talk about marriage. It's actually a pretty good um, show. And people know I don't really compliment mediocrity, but it's a really good show on um, marriage. And so I thought he would be a good keynote because of the personal brand that he's built and as influencers on social media and online, we have to learn how to build a personal brand. So that's what Tristan is going to speak about. Juan, um, he's worked in PR for years. He now owns his own media company. He's a blogger. He and his wife and his business partners, they help to put on Hispanicize, which we went to on this past Saturday. And so for him, so for him to be on both PR and blogger and understand both realms, um, you know, they're 
different yeah, sides of the same. He's definitely he's worthy be, of. <laughs> yes. He's going to be excellent for influencer marketing because he knows both sides. So he'll be able to answer questions from a PR perspective, you know, the ones who hire the influencers, and then from the influencer perspective because he's working with some pretty big brands. Like he's the largest Mexican-American blog in the country. So we didn't go and get, you know, just anybody. Like we went and got the best. <laughs> when I say we went out and found the best, we actually, the leadership team, we actually have a personal relationship, at least one of us, with each one of these people. So okay. we know the best and we're bringing the best to our members and everyone else who's attending. Then we have a panel on content creation and curation. Um and technology. So we have Denise, Gary, and Jonathan. You know, Gary and Jonathan are big podcasters here in Houston. And Denise, she's a black woman who runs a tech company in Houston. So why wouldn't you want to know more about technology from a woman who's actually doing it and who's actually has a name that people know, not just in Houston, but in New York and other places as well? Um, and then another panel is going to be with Crystal and myself. Um, I've known Crystal for years, and we both have been able to take our blog and turn it into traditional media. She had a national magazine, a print magazine, that was created from her blog, and I had a TV show that was created from my blog, Women Are Game Changers. So we're going to talk about how we were able to take what we were doing online and turn it into traditional media. So everybody who's coming to the boot camp, you know, have gotten to the top. They they have established themselves. They have a reputation. And when I create anything for HAB, it's always going to be the best speakers, the best of everything. And that's what we were going for. Hey, hey, all right. Well, you can't be mad at that. So let's see, what else can I ask you? Hmm. So when it comes to, okay, when it comes to Block Houston, let's go local, what do you think is the number one, um, well, I don't even know how to ask that question. I was going to ask, what do you think Houston, Houston has its own unique culture. So when it comes it to does. blogs, what, um, what, what do you think is the distinction between Houston from other markets? Um, when it comes to bloggers, like, do we have a large, I know we have bloggers, but do we have a large blogger um, audience or do we have to actually build, do you see um, us having to build people so, interested in action blogs? Like we're, we're radio heavy. I know the radio still dominates a lot in Houston. Well, it's both. Um, the thing is Houston has a lot of bloggers. Um, the problem is a lot of bloggers, there, there's no distinction between those who are playing around and those who are actually building it as a business. Um, because there are a lot of people who are just playing around and they have large numbers. And then, you know, brands and media companies go to them and want to work with them. And then, you know, they're not happy with the results they get from them. Then they come to us and they do things with us. And then we get accolades like you're very professional. We really enjoy working with you. We're going to continue working with you. There's a difference between um, professional and those who are just playing around. So in Houston, you can't tell who is who. You really can't. 
Um, but on the other side, there are a lot of readers in Houston. They may not read local bloggers or follow local bloggers per se, but the, I mean, there's people I know that I used to work with. They read blogs, you know, they may not read mine because it, my topic may not interest them, but Houston has a large blog readership. Um, okay. A lot of my readers are not from Houston and that's okay. <laughs> um, okay. You know, and as long as they're reading, I'm fine. But you right. do have to build <laughs> an audience um, no matter what, where you are, what platform you're on. You have to build an audience um, because they're not always going to be your friends and your family and the people who know you. You have to build an audience of engaged people who are interested in what you are blogging or podcasting or vlogging about. Um, if you don't have an engaged audience, then it's going to be very, very hard for you to try to monetize because you can't monetize, you know, nothingness. So you have to, you have to build it. You have to create it. And a lot of people don't want to take the time to create it, um, because Mm. it can be time consuming. It, It is, um, to go back to your question a few minutes ago about how, you know, how challenging was it for us to build the group? You know, everyone was skeptical of the group. No one wanted to, uh, put any trust or any faith. Um, Groupon worked with us maybe a year and a half ago, and that was it. That was the only big name brand who would work with us. And then in December of last year, Toyota came, and um, and guess what? Toyota is still working with members in our group. So it did take a really long time for people to kind of look at us and and see us as okay, you know. Are they serious or what are they doing? Right. Like, are they are are they playing around? So it is hard to build an audience, but a lot of times you have to know what audience do you want? Do you want readers? Do you want listeners? Do you want viewers? Or do you want to work with brands? If you want to work with brands, you have to build both a relationship with brands and PR and publicists and media companies, as well as building your audience at the same time. Um, And if you're working a full-time job, it can be, you know, very overwhelming. I'll say that. It can be extremely overwhelming in that sense. But um, for me, I took the time to build an audience before I started working with big brands. Um, Small companies, people were coming to me uh, for consulting and other things with social media. So it wasn't like I had to take away from building the audience while I was getting paid to work with them. A lot of people want to jump into blogging to get paid, but you haven't built an audience. You can actually say, this is the value I bring to your brand. You have to build that first. You have to take the steps, and people want to skip over the step and go straight to getting that paycheck. It doesn't work like that. It's never worked right. like that. If it worked, we would all be rich. <laughs> Definitely. Well, I just want to emphasize, y'all hear this strategy? So it's not just wake up and, like you said, okay, I'm ready to get paid now. Um, don't we all? It actually takes a plan. It takes work. Um, and one thing that I stress, and I feel like you shouldn't have to stress it, However, I know when I was younger and and less mature, um, 
I needed people to stress it for me. So let's just stress the word work. It takes work. Hashtag work. If you know me, you know, it's my favorite hashtag. Hashtag work. You have to put in the work. And um, once you put in the work, then you will receive the benefits of it. But it definitely takes dedication and work. And, and it takes um, a knowledge base. And so that's definitely what this organization, this association provides. It is a knowledge base. And so whereas, like I'm going to use myself as an example, I don't know a lot about blogging. It's more of a passion for me. I'm a writer, and I wanted a way to share my art and um, and my passion with the world. And so I wanted to do that most effectively. And now that I'm a part of the group, I'm learning, oh, wow, I can pay for this. I can do this. I can do that. There's new ways I can be more effective in doing what I do. The world opens up to you when you just put your intentions out there and you work towards it. And then, you know, you, 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 you travel along your path. And so, um, Sister Renetta, for being on the show, I look forward to this Saturday. Like I said, y'all, it is sold out. And you can see why it's sold out. I mean, just this brief interview, if I didn't have a ticket, I would get one because I know that it's a lot of information and networking opportunities. And so um, I'm going to give you a few more minutes if there's anything you wanted to say or contribute. If You you know what? Can you share? Um, I mentioned you last week on the, on the podcast for your journaling. So outside of have, you have your own forum, and part of that you talk about the power of journaling. Can you just give us a little bit of information about that and, and maybe just um, share some information about journaling, please? Yes, so I, my blog, I talk about journaling, um, and the reason I started talking about journaling, it was a way for me to heal. Um, a few years ago, I, you know, had a mental breakdown, and I went to therapy, and journaling was one of the tools that I was giving, given to kind of get through that situation, and so... I've been a teacher 10 years now, and so my my strength is teaching writing. I work um, in ESL, so that's English as a second language. Um, so I teach immigrants and refugees how to speak, read, and write in English. And I'm like, if I can teach them how to write in English, and I've been journaling for years, and I've, you know, I've been journaling before I went to therapy, why can't I teach other people the power of journaling, how to release stress triggers, how to organize their thoughts, how to put boundaries on their life, and how to reclaim the peace that they were born into. And so um, I was kind of toying with it last year, just seeing the, I guess, you know, feedback from it. It didn't really catch on. I changed up a few words. That's one thing you will learn as a blogger is, you know, you may have a great idea, but you may not be using the right language um, that's right. attracting, that's attractive to your audience. So I changed up some words this year, and so it, it did hit. Um, people are really liking the detox, the BS. Um, <laughs> I have to yeah. give that to um, my friend and IT attorney, Rajade, who's also a sponsor for the boot camp, um, she came up with Detox the BS for 
the title of her podcast when I was a guest. And so I said, you know, I'm going to use that and see if people like it. And it's just, it's stuck. Um, So essentially, I teach journaling to help you release and remove stress triggers from your life and to claim your peace. Um, And so I know you talk about peace a lot. Um, A lot of people say they're not a writer, but I'm like, if y'all can write those long Facebook and Instagram statuses, you can turn on. It's the same thing. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's the exact same thing. But um, I do it because I know that it works. There's research to prove it. There's scientific research for those who don't believe in, you know, mindfulness and all that. There is data to prove that journaling does lower your stress level. It boosts your immune system. Like it has actual physical benefits if you do it consistently. Um, and when I started doing it consistently and I and I was committed and dedicated to it, everything that I said I wanted to do has has been happening. I said I wanted to get out of business debt. I did that last year. I want to have to grow and, and to do amazing things. I mean, we've had an amazing July. Like, this is the best birthday month by ever, <laughs> you know, for me. Um, but I journaled it, and, and I worked for it, and I do the things that I need to do. And I have a lot of help and support with the leadership team and the members. But I have a clear mind, so I know where Hab should be going. I know where the truth confidant should be going because I can see it. And that's what journaling helped me do. It helped me remove everything that was clouding my judgment so that I could see the things that I needed to make happen in my life. We can't just sit around and wait for things to happen. I wish. I mean, I wish I could sit and and money and opportunities and everything falls into my lap, but that's just not how it works. So I do have to get up, be strategic. I have to, you know, I'm an introvert. So it's very hard for me. I have to pump myself up because I'm like, I'm not just representing myself. I'm representing a group of people. So I need to make this phone call. I need to send this email. And so, you know, I'm like, okay, other people are depending on this. Other people have kids to feed. I, you know, so I put that pressure on myself to make sure that I do what I need to do. And journaling allows me to release, you know, any um, anxiety or, or doubt that I may have about trying to move Hab in the direction that I know it should go and to build the truth confidant into what I know it can be. Um, but journaling to me is, it is my release. It is a way for me to get all of the negativity and toxic energy out of my mind, leave it on paper, go to sleep, wake up in peace, and, you know, do what I need to do every single day. Excellent. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And I I certainly agree with you. And just, I know Erica Badu mentioned that herself about, she's like, you know, when you dream, make sure you write it down. Once you write it down, You'll be amazed at how it starts to connect and come together. So um, what is your contact information? How can we get in contact with you? And then how can we get more information about HAB? So for me, I tell people, find me on Twitter. That's the best place because I'm there all day. 
So at V-R-F-R-E-E-N-E-Y, Twitter is my playground. I love that platform. Um, <laughs> and you can find my link there, VernettaRFreeney.com. And then for the group, I would say go to our website first to learn more about us, HoustonAfricanAmericanBloggers.com. And then we're everywhere um, with the group. You can just Google us and, and find that. But definitely Twitter for myself and the website for the group. Okie dokie. Well, y'all heard it first. Hashtag HAAB2017. Thank you, and we will be chatting soon. Yes, and thank you for having me. I'm so glad you're a part of it. And, you know, yes. for people who are listening to this podcast, if you see an, a, a difference, you know, she's implementing things that she's learning, that Keisha is learning. And so if that doesn't inspire you to want to take what you're doing to another level, you have to look at yourself and say, how serious am I um, to want to make money from what I'm doing? Why play around when you can make money from what you are doing? You're spending hours. Think about it. You are spending a lot of hours doing this. You may, may as well make a little bit of money, even if it's gas money. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Every little bit helps. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. So, on the other side of this song, we will be reading from our book. Holla, holla, holla. And thank you. Now, go ahead. Yes, ma'am. Hello? Yes, I'm still here. Uh oh. Yeah, okay, okay. I didn't hang her up. <laughs> no, you can finish what you were saying. Okay. No, no, I was just saying, you know, I hope people are listening and following your journey. You know, um, support. Support. I mean, they will. If they're not now, I have a, I have a couple of true, true, true friends. Chris, shout out to Chris. He's listening in. Um, I have a couple of people who listen, and it's, it's slowly building. But, um like I say, I do it because it's a passion of mine, and I deeply enjoy it. And I know how it works because I've seen other blogs as they grow and people go back, especially with Blog Talk. You can go back into the archives. And um, I do want to say that there's also videos in the Facebook group where, so when I just made that comment about, um, you know, I have the archives on Blog Talk, Sister um, Bernetta talks about you should own, make sure you have your content. So I know that not only do I have the archive on Blog Talk, but I also have to pull it off of Blog Talk and have it on my own forum. And just in case Blog Talk decides that it wants to shut down tomorrow, um, I'll still have my material and I won't be looking crazy because the last two years <laughs> I've just lost. So things like that that you might even think about are a part of the group. And so, you know, just encouragement to, to be proactive about about your passion whatever it is and get involved in different organizations that can help you um fill in the blanks <laughs> um okay say that again you said fill in the blanks no i said that will help that will help us fill in the blanks when you join oh. um professional organizations or you join you know these group facebook groups that they help, you know, with the parts that you don't know. Like I would, I knew to save my material, but just hearing you remind me was like, you know, I need to be more proactive about doing it every week as opposed to, you know, oh, I guess I'll save it today. 
Yes, because you don't want to lose it. Like we had one of our members, something happened to a platform that the member was on and lost everything. I mean, everything. And so I'll be I'm like, I <laughs> on the external hard like every all my videos, my TV show, <laughs> everything is on an external hard drive. Like I, I'm like, you don't understand. I had to create that. I put money and time and yeah. effort and energy into it. I'm, I would cry. Like I would be in the I'll fetal cry. position crying. <laughs> I wanted to cry. I, I used to have a blog on um on Blogspot. When you said it, I thought about. It. I used to have a blog many years ago on Blogspot. And the other day I remembered, and I went back, and I was like, oh, I you know, I just, I was looking for it, looking for it, looking for it, and finally, you know, Facebook, it brought it back up, and when I went to it, it was gone. And I was just like, oh, all the poems I put on there, just things that, you know, I'm a creative, so I can always make more, but still, that's just gone. Um, yeah. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, don't don't let that happen, listeners. If you create something, <laughs> figure out how to save it. Like you, you don't want to be in that position because, trust me, I accidentally deleted an email account and I sat there for hours just looking oh. at the screen, calling <laughs> my husband. I was like, I need y'all to find it, and they were like, Ma'am, there's nothing we can do. You, I said, No, I need uh-huh. y'all to find it. Like I was right. so devastated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they, I'm like, but they save everything. So I, it's kind of hard, like, because I, I was thinking the same thing with my blog spot. I was like, well, who do I need to talk to? I'm sure there's a way I can get it back, but I think it's so far gone that it, they would never be able to find it. Or it would cost too much money to, you know, for them to find it. So Yeah. So I, I learned the hard way, but I was like, you know, luckily that was an email that only my CPA and I used. Um so I was like, she kept all the records, so I still oh, have good. all of my t- and stuff. Yeah, so I was like, okay, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal, but it was like, that was years yeah. and years. Of just, you know, I keep everything. I don't delete emails. I have folders for everything. So I was just like, luckily she's as type A as I am, so everything's saved on her computer. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta give me a hard drive. That's that's my next step. Get the hard drive. Now it's just on my computer. Um, yep, that's my next step. I'm getting the hard drive. Oh yeah, my best box like anywhere from forty to seventy dollars. And I mean, I have like yeah, five large visual uh video files, and I still have so much room on there. I got a big one because I was like, mm-hmm. I need the biggest one that I can afford. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I, I, can't, I want to hear more about your TV show. I'm gonna have to bring you back because I'm interested. I didn't know that. I don't think I've ever heard you mention um, the TV show. Oh, because it was years ago. But yeah, so I will be talking about it um, at the boot camp. We're, we're not going to live stream everything. So um, oh, I don't know. Okay. I may live stream my session. Um, so I would tell your listeners just follow our hashtag H A okay. B. 2017 on Twitter, Instagram, okay. Facebook. You never know what we will post online. Give you a little snippet of what you missed. All right. You heard her. H-A-A-B 2017. 
we all will be sharing content. So, you know, soak it up. Soak it up. Soak up as much as you can. And then next year, just make sure you plan to be in attendance. Um, August 4th, 2018. We already have the date. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Wow. So put it on the calendar. Watch out for when we put out um, early bird or tickets or anything. August 4th, 2018. We already have the date. Cool. There you go. August 4th, 2018. No excuses. None whatsoever. All right, y'all. So we're at 1 o'clock mark. I'm going to hit this song, and we're going to read, and then we're going to 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 come back next week. Um, I'm not sure who we're going to have on next week yet. I have two options, but look for the um, look for the flyer, look for the post on www.circlesisters13.com, and uh, that's how you stay in tune. Let me find my jig, and I'm going to play my jig before we. Read and here we go.
right, we are back. So I have moved to the couch. I am comfortable, and um, I'm ready to read. So we are on Chapter 5 in the book, In Anna, Lady of the Largest Heart. These are poems of the Sumerian High Priestess, Enheduanna. Enheduanna. So actually, I was struggling with her name when I first started reading this book. I'm at the beginning of July, um, and one day I was in the kitchen just cleaning up and, and you know, just meditating on the book and meditating on on, um, on on what I've read and, you know, just trying to figure out how to pronounce her name. And uh, it just kind of came to me, and who do not, and who do not. So I'm going to call her that. It's spelled E-N-H-E-D-U-A-N-N-A. Um, and of course you can hear Inanna in it. She was a high priestess of Inanna. Um, however, her name was Enheduanna. So let me get comfortable. Okay. So we are on page 43, chapter 5, Enheduanna Life's Story. All right, y'all, here we go. Enheduanna's story begins before she was born. She became a princess and eventually high priestess by virtue of her father's rise to power as he conquered and claimed kingship over all of Mesopotamia. To place Enheduanna in history, we must first understand her relationship to her father. In the Akkadian version of the Sargon legend, Sargon was born in a town on the Euphrates, Azupirunu, Saffron Town, an ancient center for the harvesting of the tiny orange stigma of the crocus sativus that yields the pungent spice saffron and forms the base for the yellow, rich, and burnt orange dye. Sargon's father had been identified variously over the centuries as a man named Leabum, or as a gardener, or as a person unknown even to Sargon. According to legend, Sargon's mother was a priestess who bore her child in secret. All right, y'all heard that, right? She placed her baby in a reed basket lined with pitch and pushed the little boat out onto the river. A gardener, drawing water from the river to irrigate his date palm trees, pulled the basket ashore. This man, Aki, raised the boy as his own and taught him the gardening profession. As a young man, Sargon claimed to have won the favor of the goddess Ishtar, the Semitic name for Inanna. Perhaps because of his divine intercession or through the influence of a priestess to Ishtar, he became a servant in the household of the Sumerian king, Erzababa of Kish, Kush. Kish was the capital of Sumar, about 60 miles south of the present-day city of Baghdad. Kish was a prominent city 
in the 500-year early dynastic period that saw a succession of kings rule over Sumer. Inanna, in her large temple, was tutelary deity of Kish. She gave her chosen kings the title King of Kish, and they, in turn, called themselves the spouse of Inanna. Sargon soon attained the position of cupbearer to the king, putting him in charge of drink offerings to the gods. Later, refusing Urzababa's order to, quote, change the drink offering to Esagilia, end quote, a libation to the god, Sargon broke with the king. According to tradition, Enlil, the great god of the spring, world, and storm, and the god whose approval was necessary to legitimate the earthly king, was disturbed by a cultic offense. Perhaps Urzababa's insistence on changing the traditional drink offering. Enlil then bestowed his divine blessing on Sargon, leaving the old king without legitimacy. In the Sumerian version of the Sargon legend, the gods An and Enlil decree the end of the reign of Urzababa and make way for Sargon, cupbearer to the king, to replace him. The Sumerian tale is vivid and dramatic, with, quote, holy Inanna unceasingly working behind the scenes, end quote. Sargon plots Urzababa's death. The king knows it in his heart and is terrified. Like a lion sprinkling the inside of his legs with urine in which there was plenty of fresh blood, he moaned and gasped like a struggling saltwater fish. The frightened king lays a trap for Sargon, but to no avail. Destiny determined by the gods is unavoidable and not to be resisted. After leaving the king's service, Sargon began to develop a following of his own. In a location archaeologists have yet to discover, he established a city on the Euphrates, not far from Kish, which he named Agade, or Akkad. Legend interweaves with history. At some point, Sargon conferred on himself the name Sharukin, later changed to Sargon, which means the king is legitimate, the legitimate king. This name declared to all that he and no one else occupied the center of power. From the stronghold of Akkad, Sargon led his armies to conquer all the city-states of Mesopotamia, and he was the first to unite the southern cities under one central rule. He defeated Legazagasi of Uma, who had made his own attempt to unite the southern cities. Legazagasi, a particularly destructive ruler, had burned, looted, and destroyed practically all the holy places of Lagash. Behavior the Sumerians associated only with barbarians. The Sumerians may have welcomed their new king, if only temporarily. 
After securing the Mesopotamian cities, Sargon ventured beyond the traditional borders into present-day Syria, traveling all the way to the Taurus Mountains in Turkey. He controlled northern Mesopotamia, including the mountain borders to the north and the east. His ships docked in the Persian Gulf at its many ports. He may have established outposts in Egypt, Ethiopia, and India. The Sumerian cities were garrisoned with Akkadian troops. He boasted that 5,400 men ate daily before him. And at one point, his history included most of the known world. Enhadu'ana was born into the household of this ambitious, charismatic man, the only daughter of Sargon's five children. Although Sargon was married to a Semitic-speaking Akkadian, Tasha Tasha Latun, she may not have been Enheduanah's mother. Sargon probably had other wives, and he certainly kept concubines. Some scholars believe Enheduanah's mother was Sumerian, judging from the poet's elegant use of that language. Enheduanah's grew to maturity in the palace at that time of Sargon's expanding political power. Her father's return from victory in a foreign land was a commonplace scene for her as a young girl. She witnessed the Akkadian people's adulation of her father in the triumphant celebrations in the palace. She knew that her uncles and cousins governed the cities her fathers had conquered. She heard about Aruk, Ur and Uma, cities to the south, whose king, Lagalas the Gensi, fought against her father's army. She knew those people were Sumerians and she was Akkadian. Enheduanna grew up in the midst of a creative evolution of some of the most basic cultural constructs of her society. For the 500 years before Sargon came to power, Sumerians had dominated the region. Sumerian was the principal language spoken, and Sumerians had invented and developed the pictographic script that was the basis for cuneiform. This script represented the first known successful attempt at a written language used in all areas of common life economic, political, literary, and religious. A powerful creative energy drove Sumerian culture. In these 500 years before Sargon, the Sumerians' influence spread throughout Mesopotamia and into bordering lands. People in this area worshipped the Sumerian gods and built their traditional Zagarat temple. The Sumerians developed a body of myth, song, and story, mostly tales of their gods. The powerful cities of Ur, Aruk, Lagash, Kish, and Nippur in the south engaged in extensive trade with cities in the middle section of the country and in the north and with settlements, settlements 
in present-day Turkey, Iran, the Persian Gulf region, east to the Indus Basin, and west to the Mediterranean. When Sargon came to power, he ushered in a series of cultural changes that altered the traditional Sumerian way of life and brought this Sumerian-dominated period, the early dynastic, to an end. Akkadian replaced Sumerian as the primary spoken language, and for the first time, a Semitic language, Old Akkadian, was written using the cuneiform script invented by the Sumerians. The traditional Sumerian city-states in the south lost power and influence as Sargon moved the center of power to the midsection of the country, to Akkad. Now, the creative energy was in the hands of the Semites. The written tablets of this period used the new script in a new form. J.N. Postgate described of great regularity and formality. C.J. Gad recounts that the scribes used the fine clay, wrote the cuneiform signs with a care and beauty which was not matched until the Assyrian calligraphers were set to work upon the library tablets of Asher Banapal. Although striking change took place, according to Postgate, in the system of weights and measures that in the past had differed from city to city, now measures of length, area, drying liquid capacity, and probably also weight were integrated into a single logical system which remained the standard for a thousand years and more. These changes were made possible by a new centralized government. The world depicted in Akkadian art had a new cast. In the carved relief of this era, individual soldiers fashioned with the freedom of movement are... Okay, I'm not getting tired, (laughs) y'all. In the carved... Release of this era, individual soldiers fashioned with the freedom of movement are slim. Wait, soldiers? Individual soldiers? Okay. They're talking about the cuneiform and the, um, the drawings. Okay. In the carved release of this era, individual soldiers fashioned with the freedom of movement are slim, well-balanced, and realistically portrayed. Crowds of the enemy are no longer aligned in identical repetition. Rather, individuals are poised in various attitudes of fear, anguish, or subjugation. The Semitic artists, energized by their king's elevation of the Akkadians to the pinnacle of power, were inspired to create new cultural expressions that depicted the individual. In the midst of these exciting changes, the princess Enheduanna grew into womanhood. Enheduanna's life began in privilege and wealth. As daughter of the king, she had a part to play in the implementing the enormous changes her father had initiated. In time, Enheduanna's father appointed her high priestess of the moon god Nana at the temple in Ur, far to the south of her home in Akkad. During her long life, a close family member ruled as king. According to Messels, Sargon set an example his successors would follow, maintaining power and thriving by monopolizing exchange and exacting tribute. Enheduanna's brother, Ramush, 
who succeeded Sargon, left inscriptions declaring victory over an uprising of southern cities as well as over the eastern province of Elam and Chalbarak in present-day Syria. Ramush may have been murdered by his older brother and successor, Manish Tishu, who struggled with many of the same problems of rebellion in the homeland and preservation of homogeny over the foreign territories. Manish Tishu was also murdered. Everybody getting murdered, getting murked. Manu Manish Tishu, son, Niram Sin, was the true progeny of his grandfather, Sargon, culminating his extraordinary reign of power by declaring himself a god. Gad notes that documents from Agad do not provide evidence of the dominance of the former Sumerian temple economy. Along with Naramsin's deification, this political shift pits the traditional role of the temple against the secular rule of the king. By calling himself God of Akkad, Naramsin claimed for himself the city, God's land, and possessions, traditionally the property of the temple. Contemplating this picture is the fact that only the city God of Akkad was the god Ishtar. Hold on, y'all. Complicating this picture is the fact that the city god of Akkad was the goddess Ishtar, the Akkadian Inanna. This struggle between the religious sphere, its temples and personnel, and that of the secular rulers, now boasting some 50 years of dynastic power, is further evidence of the change in cultural institutions and the consciousness of the period. It may be that Enheduanah's elevation of Inanna in her poems to a central position was a dissent act, protesting the intrusion of the king into the domain of the religion. Finally, Enheduanna took the new consciousness of the individual, which we see in Akkadian art, and wrote about herself. Quote, I, I am Enheduanna, she says. Her poetry was inspired by the most intimate nuances of feeling. She explored the transformative role emotion plays in the individual. Now, at the dawn of the 21st century, we are only beginning to understand the full weight emotion and image carry into the human psyche. Enheduanna opened herself to these insights over 4,000 years ago. Of course she did. She was a priestess. So that was Chapter 5. Next week we are going to tackle the High Priestess at Ur. Thank you for listening. Circle Sisters Podcast. We spoke with... Um, the chief organizer, co-chief organizer of HAB 2017, hashtag HAAD 2017, August 20th, well, excuse me, August 5th, we will be at the conference for um, African-American bloggers in Houston. Then August 20th, we will be um, in Fourth Ward bringing school supplies to the children in the community center there. There will also be a DJ there will also be uh, food. There's also going to be the bouncing house. As usual, we're going to, you know, fellowship and enjoy each other's company and build on community while, you know, bringing, bringing community 
and bringing um, much-needed school supplies and just, you know what I mean, just blessing up the land as it has been an inspiration to us. Oh, thank you for listening. Peace and love. Do y'all already know? Stay unbreakable. Thought that it would break me, take me off my course. Fell, pick it up, realign with the source. Back on the horse like a diver. I'm a survivor, victor, picture perfect. Work it till it's short circuit. Think it, speak it, claim it. Secret, ancient, ancient, cadence, further fragrance. Ultraviolet, how I speak when I'm silent. Through my aura, borealis, aurora. It's in the bloodline, liquid sunshine, the heart. Know it and I'm doing my part. Sometimes it's switching a blink like a glitch in the link of a chain. Stay off it. Before I lose, I'm a forfeit. No bowing to the corporate, the devil's in the pulpit. Applaud this, the flawless, spit gorgeous. Justice for the lawless, that real rawness. slots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry 
Sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.